no helicopters have been procured for me to go to golf course. Thank you. I never said he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a off. Who's listening to you? How'd you play out there today? Uh, well, I found the conditions challenging. Mostly because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been. I'm thinking about the swag bag. And I high hope for the swag bag. When you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to Beltway Golfer Podcast. This is episode 64. I am your host, Alex Dixon. On today's show, I am joined by Howard University golfer, Mr. Gregory Odom Jr. Greg is the top-ranked golfer in the program since joining Howard University Golf right when the program was relaunched, thanks to Steph Curry's generous donation in the fall of 2019. Um, Greg has won several tournaments, including PGA Works, back-to-back years, helped lead the Howard University Golf team to a MEAC championship, along with a handful of other tournaments that he's won that we talk about in our discussion. He also competed in the Wells Fargo Championship here at TPC Potomac just last year. And just yesterday, the day before I'm recording this intro, he was named as one of Swing U's Collegiate Players of the Month for February due to his recent stellar play. So I thought Greg was the perfect person to have on to learn about playing golf at Howard, uh, playing under and being recruited by Coach Sam Perrier, HBCU Golf, playing with this spotlight um, that Howard University has been under a bit uh, ever since getting the donation by Steph Curry, and learn a little bit more about just Greg and his future. Uh, believe this is his first podcast. He did great. Really enjoyed learning a little bit more about him and um, getting to know him a bit. Before we get to the conversation, a couple reminders slash updates. One, June 7th, we're hosting an outing out of Bretton Woods on River Road in Montgomery County, Bretton Woods Rec Center, private course, 18 holes. We're going to do a shotgun start, two-person better ball tournament, lunch, tea gifts, prizes, post-round hangout, a lot of fun. Uh, just sealing up a couple sponsors this week that I'm getting ready to announce. A bunch of signups have already happened. We're, we got, we got, certainly got some left. Go to beltwaygolfer.com, click on outings, see all the details for the bankroll at Bretton Woods, Wednesday, June 7th at 1 p.m. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for our free monthly newsletter. Just sent out, I think, our 9th or 10th. They go out at the beginning of every month and do a recap of all the monthly news in the world of golf around the Mid-Atlantic and the DMV. I also want to give a special shout-out to Jason Meesh and his team out at Peak Golf Fitness in Rockville, Maryland, soon to be also Ashburn, Virginia, getting ready to open a second location. But Peak Golf Fitness, we've been seeing them for a couple months. They've been working on our... Um, our, our swing mobility and working on stretches and strengthening certain muscles that are needed in the golf swing that at the age that I'm getting personally, uh, I've neglected for a while. And it's really helping me uh, to get, do a proper, proper turn in both directions on the golf swing and really work and stretch out the, the, the core muscles that I need in the golf swing that oftentimes I overlook and, and what little exercise and, and stretching I do on a normal basis. So I certainly encourage everyone to go to peakgolffitness.com and learn more about what they're doing. It's all about performance enhancement and exercise and mobility, specifically for the golfer. He works with 
golfers of all ages and skill levels, but really has a big focus on junior golfers and younger golfers looking to get to that next level. So again, Peak Golf Fitness in Rockville, Maryland. Go check them out. That's about it. Let's get the conversation. Here it is, episode 64 with Howard University golfer Gregory Odom Jr. Enjoy. So we're out here at Five Iron in Washington, D.C. on 7th Street in the Penn Quarter. We're chatting with Mr. Gregory Odom Jr. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're able to join. So there's a bunch of different reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast and kind of chat with different things. Earlier this year, you've, you've been kind of on a tear with, with Howard University. You've got, got a few wins. You've been in the news a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a lot of these terms I kind of want to ask you about and just kind of ask you about your career a little bit. But let, we can start off with the basics. You're a senior on the Howard University golf team. You transferred to the program two years ago. Do I have that right? Uh, two, three years ago from the University of Memphis. From University of Memphis. So let's, let's kind of start there. We'll kind of get, we'll get into a bunch of stuff. When you transferred from Memphis to Howard University, was, that was after Steph Curry started funding the, funding the program? Because Howard didn't have a golf team before yeah. that, right? Howard did not have a golf team. What happened was uh, it was like during COVID. Right. I actually got like a notification like two days ago. It was like February 28th when I uh, entered the transfer portal. Okay. So that was like right before COVID happened. And uh, I think the talk about having the Howard Golf team was in the works, but it wasn't uh, established yet. So uh, as soon as I got in the transfer portal, Coach reached out, Coach Sam Prayer reached out, and, uh, you know, we started talking, started telling me how, you know, the background story of Otis talking to Steph Curry and, you know, they, you know, trying to form a D1 golf team and, He's going to be the head coach, and you know nothing is really established yet. Like I'm like one. Did of the you first. know? Did you know Coach Perrier before he reached out? Were you familiar with him at all? I actually did not know. Okay. Uh, what's funny is I was in you know Kroger, and uh, my middle school principal was in there and asked me about school, and I was like, I just entered the transfer portal. And he was like, my friend brother is starting a golf team. Let me tell him about you. So that's kind of really how we got connected with Howard, and you know he reached out to me. We just started talking from there, and uh, yeah, how it was really brand new. Memphis is your hometown, so you went to, to Memphis University, or University of Memphis, University huh? of Memphis, and University yeah. of Memphis. So that was your hometown school. Any any specific reason you wanna you wanna share on on why you entered the transfer portal to begin with? You know, I came to University of Memphis. It was home for me. I thought it would be a good decision. You know, be at home with my swim coach, my family, and you know, uh, all my you know. Frank that I grew up with, I thought that would be a good atmosphere for me to grow and all that. But, uh, you know, I just realized being in the city, I needed to take the extra step and, uh, you know, grow with my wings and, uh, you know, one day I could fly, you know what I mean? So, you know, I just entered the transfer portal, no idea where I was going to land, you know. I didn't know what was going to happen. I remember those two weeks were, like, stressful because it was during COVID. So, like, most teams was at a standstill. Most teams had, you know, a full roster or, you know, they had new recruits coming in. So it really was no spot for me. It was really a crazy time. So um, I kind of went to the University of Memphis to be the first black golfer. I thought that would be a huge accomplishment. But I feel like uh, you also need to have accolades behind and actually have wins. So, you know, coming here was a you know great idea. I got to be around all black players and we got to excel together. And, uh, you know, I'm making a name for myself while being at a black school. Do you remember much of uh, Coach Perrier's pitch 
Like, what, what, did, what did he tell you about, about coming to play with him and, and the Howard University golf team? It was actually insane. He was telling me everything that we do now. And it just seemed my role. Like, we're going to have Callaway. You're going to meet Steph. You're going to, you know, be around Steph. He could be a mentor. Uh, you have all these resources and opportunities such as, you know, playing on the conference, PGA, winning championships, and, you know, winning golf tournaments. And just overall be put in a position where you can actually excel. And it just seems so unreal at the time of last year winning championships and everything. But, you know, being on the podium after the round and you realize you actually won and he's right there next to you is just, you know, a dream come true. So the, the timing of that, were you part of that for the first season of Howard University's golf team, or they were they already existed for a year? Uh, I'm part of the first inaugural team. Yeah. So most folks know the story of Steph Curry being a part of this program and funding the program for the next six years. Right. How is how has that been? I mean, obviously that was part of Coach Perrier's pitch. To, yeah. You know that this is an, exciting that you know Steph's involved and everything. Have you gotten to? I've seen on social media that he's come visit, you know, he's visited the locker yeah. room. Yeah. Have you developed a bit of a relationship with him? Uh, I have. I actually did this uh, TV show with him that was featured on uh, Snapchat. Okay. And, uh, you know, me and him went back and forth and talked. And it was more like a mentorship. And then from there, it kind of grew to us having a more personal relationship from there. But, uh, yeah, he's a great guy. He comes around the team, talks to us, and... Uh, yeah, him coming to the locker room was a surprise, actually, because he played the day before, so we thought he was just going to leave, but he stayed around. And, you know, this is while the Warriors were in town playing the Wizards, right? That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. So oh, That's cool. cool. Have, you, have you got an opportunity to, uh, to tee it up with him? Not yet. Not yet. Looking forward to him, but I haven't got that opportunity yet. So jumping over from Memphis to, to Howard, can you compare, for folks that don't know, kind of the landscape of competitive college golf, you know, competition-wise, what, what, how, how different is it? Uh, University of Memphis was actually inside the top 100 before I left. Um, okay. I mean, the resources are there. They had a facility, uh, uh, academic resources, so it was easy to do things. But, you know, having a golf facility is huge. You know, putting green and uh, driving range any time of the year, hot or cold, was huge. Uh, but normally when we talk about HBCUs, they don't have that. Uh, okay. Academics really lack with like uh, advising. Uh, so that, that kind of sucks. But uh, also like golf courses, they don't play the big golf courses uh, like, you know, how University do. Uh, so that's, you know, very different. But, um, you know, HBCU golf is not glamorous. Uh, the resources definitely lack and the opportunities are Really second to knowing. Uh, really when, you, when you started on the team, did you guys even have like a set practice course or a home course? We did it. We did it. It was very new. Like we just came here and just, we practiced at driver ranges and uh, we finally got put on the courses and stuff like that. So we came in the spring 2021. Okay. So, you know, it was first out of COVID, that first little wave. Uh, so everything was kind of brand new. And uh, we were just trying to get accustomed to DC at the time. So, yeah. So you so if you started the team in spring of 2021, one of your first big was one of your first big events on the team the PGA Works when it was down at Sawgrass. Correct. That was our uh, last tournament of that semester. Of that semester. Yep. So PGA Works is uh, a tournament, a championship of 
HBCUs, correct? Uh, that's what it's supposed to be, but now it's more of a minority championship. Okay. So, you know, all minorities from every school can come and play in it. Now. Got it. So, yeah. But you came out of the gates. Was that your, you, correct me if I'm wrong, you were, you were a medalist at that tournament. I was. I was. Uh, was that your first, first win? That was my first collegiate career. Um, it was. That's, that, that's pretty awesome. And can you tell us a story? So I, I want to talk a lot about Coach Perrier and, okay. and, and your journey here. But do I have it right? Um, you know, so you're, you're a junior, Gregory Odom Jr. I am. Um, so your, your father, he, he was he a golfer? He was. Did he get you into the game? He definitely did. Uh, he played in high school and kind of stuck with him. And then he was just more of a weekend warrior, playing all the weekends and scrambles with his uh, old high school buddy friends. And he would just take me out there, and you know, I kind of fell in love with the game and fell in love with fellowshipping with his friends. And you know, just one thing led to another, and you know, I kind of started doing it by myself. And now I'm a Howard. Wow. One of these I bring bring it up. Uh, I I had read that, and I'm and I'm sorry about this, but uh, yeah. your, your, that your father passed away literally that week. Of the PGA Works Championship, he did. which ended up being your first win, and, and do I have it right that Coach, per- Coach Perrier was the one that, that broke that new season? He was. Um, right when we touched down, my mom called him and said my dad was in hospice, and, and uh, I can hear the wor- the worry in her voice, and you know it was just a very sad time. You know, I kind of cried that day, thinking uh, he can just fight through it, and then the next morning. Uh, the first practice round, because it was two practice rounds, uh, you know, he called me into his room and, uh, you know, he kind of broke the news and, you know, he was crying too. We also had our uh, senior AD, Paul Bowden, there and he was crying too. And, you know, they were just trying to encourage me and lift my spirits, you know. Uh, they kind of wanted me to not play because I feel like they wouldn't play. But uh, How many... How, how, how many days before the tournament started was it? Uh, I guess, I mean, it was the first practice round, then we had a second practice round, so I guess two days, you oh, wow. say? okay. And, uh, you know, I just knew my dad wanted me to play, and, uh, you know, I called my mom after I heard the news and, you know, tried to, you know, try to calm her down as much as I can. And, uh, but she said she wanted me to play too, so, you know, I kind of just kept my head down and just, you know, locked in and focused, and I came out of the champion. Uh, that's, a, that's a heck of a story. I don't think anyone would have followed you for not playing that tournament uh, than to come away with your, your first win. That's, that's pretty awesome. Well yeah. done. Coach Perrier kind of taking that role in that instance, you know, has, has that developed into kind of a, a mentorship? Or can you, can you tell us a little bit just about him as a coach? And uh, I mean, he's him? a great coach. Uh, for me, it all started when the first phone call. It was more, it was just natural. It was just like, uh, he was like an uncle to me. Uh, we didn't really talk golf. We just talked life most of the time. And, and then, you know, golf just came about. And uh, in that moment, I feel like it was no better person to break that news to me uh, like him. And, uh, you know, he's very caring and, uh, you know, he just wants the best for me. So, you know, I love that guy. Can you, can you talk a little bit about his coaching style? Like, is he, does he ride you guys a lot? Does he talk a, lo- a lot about... You know, I, I know he's coached at some, you know, he's coached at Michigan State, yeah. coached at Stanford, some big-time universities. You know, is he telling you stories about, you know, what the, the guys at those programs do? Or uh, He tells us a lot of stories. He's a storyteller. Um, but I feel like it's very different for him uh, compared to Stanford and Michigan State to be at a school like Howard and be around us. Uh, but uh, right now I feel like his coaching style is um, 
you know, he's going to tell you what he see. Uh, he's going to put a lot of opportunities in your face because I feel like the best lesson is experience, and then he's always there too. So he can always tell you, you know, what he sees from that, his point of view and what you need to work on. So I feel like it's more experience-based, uh, especially with him being at you know, these high-level schools and, you know, coming here and just trying to make uh, black golfers on the map. Is that, I would imagine, is, is there an extra level? I mean, the Howard University golf program is getting a lot of attention. Um, you know, it literally went from not having a program at all, like we just talked about, yeah. to now every time you guys do anything, you know, the, I mean, most 99.9% of it is positive, but there's a lot of attention. Does that add a, a layer of, of pressure, knowing that everything's going to be reported on? I think, mm, I would say no. I feel like uh, when you join this team and when you actually start playing, this is what you signed up for. Uh, you're here to uh, win and uh, be the, the blueprint for black golf and, you know, just golf and dream. So, yeah. Do you ever, I'm just kind of curious about this, do you ever get any uh, from your competitors, especially maybe from other HBCUs, that kind of rib you a little bit or, or, or uh, a sense of resentment that, oh, you guys got that Steph Curry money? And uh, all the time. All really? the time. I mean, we show up to golf tournaments and, you know, Steph Curry this, Steph Curry there, and y'all got this and y'all got that. But uh, as you can see, we, we putting in the work and we trying to win as much as possible and, you know, just trying to get our ranking up to be one of those you know, top 100 schools. And, uh, I mean, you can't say nothing. We got yeah. the we got the stats to back it up. So. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, well, before, before I, I know you went on a little bit of a, a run at some tournaments, but let's, prior to that, okay. we talked about the PGA Works Championship in 2021. In 2022, you ran it back up in Philadelphia, and this was, this was another heck of a week for you because, why don't you tell the story? Well, so um, I got the exemption to play in the Wells Fargo, and that was before conference and also the PGA Works. So my mindset was, PGA Tour is going to be very big for me. This is, you know, what you dream of. So let's prep. Put yourself in these positions where when you're there, you don't have to worry. Yeah. So I was just trying to put myself in contention and play the best golf I can. And, you know, we got the week, uh, you know, I won the conference. So I was like, okay, they give me an extra boost to go into PGA Works and PJ Works, I just played good golf and came out, you know, a champion. And then the next day, I had to play a PJ Tour event. And I feel like uh, if I could relive those three weeks over again, it would be amazing. But uh, so this was this was the Wells Fargo Championship at TPC Potomac. Yes, and what did but so that I mean that starts on a Thursday. Yeah. What what days were the PGA Works in Philly? Was that like Monday, Tuesday? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Tuesday, Wednesday. So the final round was Wednesday. Yeah. And then you got to race down to Potomac correct. and tee off for, correct me if I'm wrong, your first ever PGA Tour event as first a sponsor's exemption the very next day. The very next day. So, uh, you know, it was hectic uh, driving back from Philly and then, you know, trying to get in that late sleep and, you know, get ready to play a PGA Tour event because, you know, it, it's different. Uh, it put me in a – it gave me a whole new perspective on golf and, you know, life and what I need to do for the future and um, – it's paying off. Yeah. What was that round or rounds like 
uh, playing on the PGA Tour? I mean, you didn't get any practice rounds, yeah. or, or did you get any practice rounds the prior week or anything? Uh, I mean, we played the course before. Okay. Uh, but I didn't get official practice rounds because I was actually, you know, I was at the PGA Tour tournament, so it was different. Um, but playing was fun. Uh, a lot of people came out and supported, and I, you know, I love the crowd and I love the, you know, people that you know want to see me do good. So that was fun. Um, TPC was playing hard. I love it. Um, the roof was high, but the weather was very crazy that week. Uh, I think it rained really hard, and it was also cold. Oh yeah. For two days straight that I played. Um, that was a it was, that was a nasty weekend. It was nasty. It was very nasty, but uh, it was also fun. I played with Michael Gillick and Mohog. Yep. And you know they played some incredible golf, and they still play incredible, incredible golf right now. And uh, you know I talked to guys in the locker room like Tony and uh, James Horn, and uh, you know those conversations was you know very uh, memorable. And, nice. Uh, and I would, you know thanks for them to pull me to the side. You know actually give me words of encouragement, and uh, you know tell me things that they did in their life and I mean it was just cool that's that's awesome so later on so we're still in 2022 later on that year um you had a couple wins uh one back at Avenel because I was out there it was I'm gonna get confused on the names of the tournaments but you won one down in where in like South Carolina the River uh, Run yes I'm, is that I might have this yeah River on. Run Davidson okay North Carolina okay yeah Davidson so yeah we played Davidson first did uh, you win two tournaments row or three uh, four. You won four tournaments throughout. Collegiate tournaments. My, my bad. Yep. Four. Wow. So conference, PJ Works, Davidson, and then we called it the Howard. And uh, you. So that was four straight six. starts, except for the, you're, you're taking out the Wells Fargo. Yeah, I'm taking out the Sunday. No, I'm taking <laughs> out the Sunday. Just Which I think is fair. Yeah. <laughs> Collegiate tournaments. So. Four straight, man. That's uh, I can't imagine too many people have that on their resume of winning four straight college tournaments, regardless of who you're playing against. I mean, what was that? What is that feeling like? All of a sudden, you feel like you can't lose. Uh, yeah, I feel like uh, it brought me back to my junior golf days of showing up to the golf course and feeling like uh, I can win, and uh, mm-hmm. that's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, you know, I kind of got out of that, you know, being in college and uh, you know, experiencing this new life, and also being at University of Memphis, and you actually see guys better than you, so now you got to grind hard, and you see them winning, and you know, you're just trying to get back to that spot that you once were. So yeah. I feel like that's a hard part about college because. Now, dream golf, everyone feels like they're in their prime, and then they go to college, and it's different. So um, that just gave me the extra extra gear I needed to you know, know that I could actually do this thing. I followed you for not, not super long, maybe a few holes on one of the days for that tournament at Avenel, yeah. not, the, not the Wells Fargo, but the, the collegiate one. Correct. And it was loaded with local schools, some big schools. I yeah. mean, you had Maryland, you had Georgetown, you had George Washington, Correct. all kinds of teams. Correct. And do I have it right? You were down, you, like, you were I was several shots back. I think I was. Starting the, maybe even going to the back nine on, on the last round. I think starting the round, I was like seven to eight strokes back. And you ended up winning. Yeah, I, I thought I had no chance. I just you know, I knew I needed to play golf or, you know, how it, I feel like uh, to be good in the nation, you got to be good locally and then regionally. So, you know, we're always striving to compete against, you know, all the DMV schools. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of what I was trying to hold up at the end of my bargain with Paul Bullitt. And, you know, it just turns out that I just need a par on uh, 18 to mm. win. So, nice. Fun. Do you, does the team or yourself, do you guys pay attention much to 
um, national rankings, team uh, and individual? I think so. Uh, Coach kind of tried to encourage that, try to be the best that we can. Uh, but we just don't always focus on it. But, you know, look at the numbers and just try to strive to do best. Yeah. Better. You know. I follow college golf a little bit, not nearly. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not in it. And so I don't really understand how the rankings work, to be honest with you. Because yeah. I looked you up, even when you're during that run, and you were, like, around, like, 200. I'm like, man, this guy's just won, like, all these tournaments throughout. No. And I know there's, there's some algorithm with a lot of the, the competition and everything, but you can only beat who you can play. Yeah. Uh, so I was always, you know, I can, I can see being frustrated by that. Yeah, that's another thing about HBCU that suck. Um, it's the, the, I think it's the power and strength on the field. So most of our fields are not, you know, near the same as, like, a Texas or Stanford sure. when they go play an event. Um, so, like, unless you win or a top three, it really don't really mean nothing in most of the terms we play. So, I mean, that's another reason to ball out at every event because, uh, you know, to get that good ranking, and you have to be paying your best. There's a lot of talk about, it seems like um, HBCUs are, are – are, are they're kind of gaining momentum. There's a, you know, there's yeah. a lot of, maybe, probably not just in golf, but in a lot of sports, sure. there's better athletes that are enrolling HBCUs. They're getting yes. more attention. You know, they're kind of on the rise. Do you see that? Do you feel that? I mean, in the golf world, you know, I asked about the competition giving you, maybe giving you crap about yeah. the Steph Curry money. But do they see how much that is helping the entire, like everybody? I think people are saying that help. And um, I feel like that's making more people step up and do the right thing. Uh, you got J.R. Smith at uh, NCAT. Sure. And he's helping them out with TaylorMade and all of that. Then you got other schools uh, being provided money to keep going on. And I think Titleist is reaching out to schools to help them with clothes and balls and, you know, maybe clubs. But, uh, have uh, you guys played North Carolina a yet? We have at PGA Works. You did? Yeah. You didn't get to, you didn't, you, did you see J.R. Smith's game? I have not yet. Okay. I, have not, I haven't played against him yet. But, uh if he makes the lineup, we can play. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you another HBCU take. So it's been in the news a lot. What are your thoughts on uh, uh, Deion Sanders? You know, he, he, he got a lot of press for all the great work he did with the Jackson State football program. Recently left to the Colorado yeah. Buffaloes football program. And there's been some people kind of that are saying, hey, man, he, he, what he did for Jackson State and HBCUs was tremendous. And others saying, well, wait a second, the job's not done. He was just chasing the money. What, what are your, uh, what's your take? My take is he's doing the right thing. Yeah. And he did the right thing, uh, going to Jackson State, providing them with, you know, a culture that they haven't seen in a while and they probably have never seen. And uh, you got to think he's a man, too, and he want to, you know, level up and continue putting uh, people like me in better positions. So I think that's, you know, optimal. And that's kind of the same thing with Coach Sam. Uh, he, he's been at the top level, and uh, he wanted to come down and put us in you know, the optimal positions. And uh, I feel like that's where he's going. Does he talk much about, so, so Steph Curry, it's well reported, he, you know, he funded the program for six years. Correct. So we're in year two, finishing up year two, or are we in year three? I want to say two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. Um, is does does coach talk much about us? You're a senior. You won't be here anymore. But yeah. you know the program after that six years and what has to happen for the program to to succeed long term. Correct. Yes, we always try to fundraise. We have a, a yearly tournament 
at Pebble Beach and uh, we you know, fundraised there and tried to make money to, I think we have an endowment and we're just trying to like, get this money so you know, it'll be endowed and uh, this team can last for some years. And uh, I feel like that's important because I don't want this to be a one-hit wonder with Howard or any HBCU. We want to continue growing and you know, having the best talent at the school and having the resources and being able to use these resources and the opportunities that you get to to be the best you can be and, you know, be on PGA Tour. Sure. Speaking of that, what, what you know, this is your last year. You got you get the whole semester. You get a bunch more tournaments, not putting the car before the horse. Okay. But, um, you know, how good you've been playing and how good you are, I imagine, you know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make a run of pro golf when, when this is over. Am I wrong? Uh, when it's over, I will. Um, <laughs> you know, I kind of got that extra year to come back. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of looking at it because... Uh, oh, you have an option for a fifth year? I do. Because the, that's all COVID-related? Because of COVID. Oh, right, right, right. So, uh, you know, I got an option to come back and, you know, be able to be still a part of this great program. But I also got the option to, you know, forgo that and, you know, take on that pro golf. But uh, for me, I think it's all about just keep setting myself up and uh, doing the right things and continue learning and learning by myself so... You know, when I'm out there, I can do what I need to do instead of trying to keep figuring things out. Because I feel like a lot of people that look like me, you know, jump out there for the money and, uh, you know, they're just always trying to figure it out. And they don't have to look like me, but, you know, I just don't want to jump out there and just keep learning, you know, stuff that I could have did at, you know, school. But, you know, I, I just want to go out I there hear and get the ball rolling. I hear you. Golf's going to be there, man. Yeah. Stay in school. That's my two cents. Get yeah. the extra year. Don't listen to me, but that's my. That's my, that's my. <laughs> um, yeah. So going back, so so Howard, so today, because one of the things I'm curious about, um, so your what do you consider your home course right now? Is it Argyle? Right now we consider uh, Woodmont and Argyle, and also Woodmore. And Woodmore, okay, yeah. And we try to work on another course, you know, just close in there, but uh, that's the three courses right now. I, I, did, I also came out and watched, I didn't see a whole bunch of it also, but saw the last few holes when Howard won the, the MEAC championship. Yeah. What was that? That was last fall? And that was at last Argyle. Spring. Last spring. Last spring. Okay. Um, you were the medalist of that too, right? I was. I was. That was a part of my... That was part of the run? That, that was, was part of the run. Okay. That's the one I wasn't counting. Yeah. Um, so what about, so we're talking about your home courses. You know, when the announcement was made, and, and the announcement was made at Langston Golf Course. Okay. With the idea, I think a lot of people, with the Steph Curry amounts yeah. I'm talking about, um, with the idea that hopefully someday, maybe, you know, Langston could be Howard University's uh, local course. Have you got an opportunity to play Langston? I, I know I, in its current state, it's probably not the, 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 the championship course that a college program needs, but maybe someday. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I have played Langston. It's a cool course. It has a lot of rich history for black golfers. Um, we have... You know, all went over there as a team to even volunteer or, you know, play. We actually had a qualifier there before. You know, we did? Yeah. Um, so it's cool. But, uh, you know, if we had a facility over there where we could practice, you know, in the hot or cold, it would be a great place to go. Uh, but as of right now, it's just a good place to go when it's, you know, the right temperature. Yeah, yeah. So, What about, what about yourself as far as, you know, as, as you, over the next couple of years, as you weigh your decision to go pro and take that next step, are there folks in professional golf, famous or otherwise, that you kind of 
look up to or try to model your game after or look at the journey they've taken in golf that, that, that you're a big fan of? Um, I'm, st- I'm one of those guys, too, that learn from experience and, you know, learn from other people's mistakes or their uh, victim situations. Um, from the PGA Tour tournament at Wells Fargo, I kind of had a close relationship with James Horn, and he kind of helps me out, and, you know, we talk things out, and, you know, we talk life, too. Um, and every time I see him in town, like at the PGA Tour event, or I'm there, we, we hook up and we talk, and he walked me through his practice routine and his schedule and, you know, him playing on the course, and I think that's, you know, huge. Um, yeah, I really don't kind of model myself out there Anyone, I kind of have people that I like, like LeBron and, uh, you know, Ocho Cinco and, you know, Kanye West. I kind of like their styles. Okay, Ocho Cinco. I didn't, yeah, I didn't see that I like, one coming. I like that, you know, bright style, but also, you know, they know that they're the best. Um, they just carry their attitude. And, uh, sure. That's kind of what I like. But I also talk to guys on the PGA Tour, and, you know, Cornfield or, you know, past people that was on many tours about, you know, their journey. And, uh, you know, just taking all the information and trying to see if I can learn something from that and, you know, integrate that into my game and, you know, just excel the best that I can. Sure. Um, we skipped over as well. You, you just had um, – you were just invited out, got to play Riviera. Just, what, a few weeks ago? Uh, yeah, like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And it was this – correct me if I'm wrong, like a collegiate showcase the Monday of the Genesis Open. Mm-hmm. And the winner got to play in the Genesis Open. Correct. And you can't you came pretty darn close, right? Pretty darn close. Uh, one stroke out of being in the playoff, and you know, two strokes of winning it outright. Uh, it was a fun experience. 18 holes at roof, very special. Uh, the course was actually in tournament condition. I heard um, they played firm and fast on the fairways, and, you know, fast on the greens as well. Uh, weather was a little cool. The wind was high. I mean, it was, and the sun was out, so it was just a beautiful, you know, 18-hour walk, and, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. That's cool. Well, listen, I, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking a little bit about your journey and Howard University golf, and uh, I wish you nothing but the, the best of luck the rest of your season, uh, and maybe more than one season here at Howard or, yeah. or, or wherever you decide to go next. But, yes, sir. I uh, appreciate it very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. don't have a good golf game. But I don't really care. I'm a, I'm a regular dude living in D.C., and I want to know about D.C.-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. I don't want the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I don't want stuff I can't hear elsewhere. But I want it to be about D.C. golf.